listening to Defiant Pawns with Blake Sugarman and Tyler Stahl. This is Chapter 7, Divine Right. Well, well, a lot has changed since Tyler and I first started working on this project. As I mentioned in the very beginning, a lot of this piece was written and recorded before COVID-19. But... If anything, some of the themes we explore here have really come into focus since the pandemic. For one thing, you no longer have to imagine what it would be like to see a wave of mass unemployment. If you live through 2020, you remember. We saw millions of Americans lose their health insurance, too, in the middle of a pandemic because their health insurance was tied to their employment, which they lost because of the health crisis. Rational system, right? We learned which workers are considered essential. And drum roll, please. Turns out it's mostly low-wage hourly workers, including workers the free market tells us deserve to be poor. They're essential, at least for now. And while many of us were collecting unemployment, in my case, pretending it was a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, these so-called essential workers have had no choice but to put themselves and their families at risk because if they quit their job, they will not be eligible for unemployment benefits. And we can call them heroes as much as we want, but at the end of the day, they didn't sign up for that. They didn't sign up for that. They didn't sign up for that. No one signs up to be a wage slave. I said, No one signs up to be a wage slave. It's an honor bestowed upon you. responsibility for our lot in life, whether it's poverty, mental illness, discrimination, it's yours. Don't make your problem my problem, our culture seems to say, and while some people inherit great fortunes and sit idly by and make money from money, most of us must sell our labor to survive in good times and bad you gotta sell yourself to someone. Gotta do something for someone who can pay. You may remember from chapter three that I made a living as a tour guide, which I enjoyed. But that was before COVID-19. The entire industry has been brought to its knees, and I assume that it will bounce back eventually, but the bills keep coming in the meantime, don't they? So I'm left to find a new way to justify my existence. Of course, I'm not alone in that. And frankly, it's just a preview of what's to come. 
As entire industries are lost to AI, millions of workers will be asking the same question. What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? I don't know. The free marketeers among us will say you gotta do something that the market deems useful. So go back to school, take some STEM classes, and fucking figure it out. Race with force law, that's what they say. Not exactly reassuring. Then there are those on the left who want a jobs guarantee, and that's well-intentioned. There's plenty of work to be done, which the market ignores, too. But the commitment to full employment seems so 20th century. I mean, if AI can do most of the work for us, why bother? I don't love the idea of bureaucrats assigning us pointless labor so we all have jobs. attendant pump the gas for you. Wouldn't the world be better off if those same individuals who pump gas in New Jersey were just given a salary in the free time to do something else instead, like anything else? Whatever feels worthwhile. I'm sure they could come up with something better than that. They just need a paycheck. That's why they're there. What would you do if you didn't have to sell most of your time? Who might you become? could be idols too and ye high and mighty could have crunched ye high and mighty could have crunched ye high and mighty could have crunched struggling to make ends meet. It's folks who are making ends meet, doing some dumb office job they don't enjoy because they have a family to provide for. It's also folks who get a little too swept up in the game. And even tech 
tycoons have talents they waste They're so focused on profit their good ideas get erased Maybe cool it with the whole consumerism thing Cause it doesn't make people happy No, it doesn't make people happy Just working longer hours to buy more things So used to the stress that the rat race brings You are what you own, how disappointing And the divine right of kings goes unquestioned The divine right of kings goes unquestioned Playing chess, the most important aspect of the game is to protect your king. Everything else is secondary. Sure, pawns may have ambitions of their own. If they reach the far end of the board, they can become a knight, a rook, a bishop, or even a queen. But not very many make it that far. Most of them get sacrificed somewhere along the way because they are seen as expendable. It's the king that matters. So you gotta wonder, who is this king guy and what makes him special? I mean, he's not all that impressive. You can only move one square at a time, kinda like a pawn. Throughout history, people have justified their deference to monarchs with the belief that kings are ordained by God. We may be living as peasants in squalor, and the king may be sitting on a throne made of gold, but that's his divine right, and to question it is blasphemy. Of course, we don't have kings so much anymore. Some people do, Saudi Arabia and so on. But we do live in a society in which the three richest Americans own more wealth than the bottom 50% of Americans combined, more than 162 million people. But they made that money, fair and square, right? Just playing by the rules of the almighty market. Don't question the rules. Rules are rules. It's the almighty market who ordains the worthy. May their wealth grow faster than they can possibly spend it. Fair and square, fair and square, by the grace of God, amen. It's funny. My grandfather lived in a strange moment in time when this thing called a middle class emerged. Most of history had been a tale of haves and have-nots, with mostly have-nots. But in the post-World War II era in the United States, something changed. People give a lot of reasons for this. Strong unions, antitrust enforcement, government investment in education and infrastructure. But perhaps most significant of all was what was happening elsewhere in the world. This was the Cold War era, and the threat of communism put tremendous pressure on the capitalist class to demonstrate that capitalism could deliver a decent life for ordinary people. So they threw us a bone. They were willing to pay decent wages if it meant they could still own everything. But the Cold War's been over for decades now, and times have changed again. We can debate about 
exactly what happened, but one thing is clear. The middle class is eroding today. Even before the latest coronavirus recession, most middle-income families in this country literally had a smaller net worth than they did before the last recession in 2008. Their wealth is shrinking. Meanwhile, the great fortunes are multiplying 4 and 5% returns a year, compounding, often much more. If you look at the data, we are moving towards a society in which wealth is primarily inherited rather than earned. And since money is considered political speech in this country, well, I'll let you fill in the blank there. You see, the rules get rewritten from time to time, and sometimes little changes can have big effects. Back in my grandpa's day, when the middle class emerged, this country prosecuted companies that did stock buybacks. It was part of the New Deal. But when Ronald Reagan came along, the rules changed again. Today, many companies spend a majority of their profits buying back their own stock for no real reason except to drive up their share price, making wealthy investors that much wealthier. Fair and square, right? take the rules for granted. It's easy to forget that they're just what's been agreed upon and could easily be different. Take chess. While the basics of chess trace back to 6th century India, it's been played different ways in different places throughout time. The version we play today, in which the queen is the most powerful piece on the board, didn't come about until almost a thousand years after the original. That's right. The distribution of power shifted over time, and it continues to shift in our society at large. We can change the rules. In fact, we have changed the rules, and I happen to believe that we're not done yet. <laughs>